Good evening, everybody. Oh, no, I need some house lights on here. I'd like to see. <laughs> Thank you. Well, this morning I didn't have an option, right? How many of you were here this morning? This morning you didn't have an option. We were plunged into darkness and we had no option. And so I was preaching with a, uh, the phone. I'd, Lauren gave me her phone and it was positioned here so that I could have some kind of reflection on my notes. And actually, in, in some way, I actually quite enjoyed it, you know, when I think about it. Um, except uh, we didn't have a microphone and so I was having to really project my voice and it's actually miraculous that I can speak tonight. Um, that I'm in a place of being able to to speak, having a full auditorium this morning and trying to speak without a mic. And then and then we got that little speaker and then started to speak and we had the little amplifier speaker here and then that died. So we were really just had a real real good time today. But you know what those situations do is they make you, even though you do commit yourself to rely upon God heavily, those situations make you lean on him even more because you know that um, you're needing something supernatural to happen. So what we've been doing, as Colin mentioned in the last number of weeks, uh, we kind of embarked or we, Hilton started with he felt that he wanted us to, to look at the, the subject of freedom and then it morphed into a series. It started off with I think we need to do something about freedom and the next minute we're on part four of freedom. How many of you have been here for that, the parts of that series, one, two, three, and tonight's the fourth one. I see the majority of you. That's awesome. But I just want to quickly, for those of you who haven't, but even for those of you who have, we, I'm just going to do a very quick recap of the specific uh, highlighting something that, that has been shared over the last three weeks and, and tonight going to be the fourth. So Fiona shared, and this was, I just took some snippets out of what she had shared, just to make a point so you get the understanding and the flow. Fiona had shared that we were created not for imprisonment, we were created not for enslavement, but we were created for freedom to be like Jesus. And then she used the most powerful yet disturbing video footage of solitary confinement. I don't know if any of you saw that, but it was really pretty disturbing to see what happens. They did, they did a survey, they did a uh, research of uh, solitary confinement at a prison in the United States, and it was frightening to see what happens to people who are in that place, and yet the parallel that she drew is that many times in our lives, we are in that kind of confinement and in prison, and the, what the results of that are. And, and really, it's it just absolutely disturbing. And if you didn't catch that, I really want to encourage you to go back and watch Fiona's service. And I don't know if they were able to put it up, but it, it was just really disturbing. Or maybe just go online and check it out. And then the week after that, Scott Hamilton shared that the enemy is always trying to enslave us to live according to what we can just see with a naked eye. And so what the enemy tries to do is keep us enslaved to that which we can only see happening in the natural. And then he went on to emphasize the importance of that we need to stand on the word of God and stand in that place of truth. So you can see how the progression of, of being, that we weren't created to be imprisoned, we weren't created to be enslaved, and, but the enemy tries to do that by captivating our sight by making us look at only what we can see in the natural and not necessarily believe what the Word of God says 
for our lives, which is the truth. And then last week, Hilton shared, he he emphasized the need for each and every single one of us to take responsibility that we need to take off the chains. We get empowered by the Holy Spirit to walk in liberty and freedom, but we need to make the decision to take those chains off. It is our responsibility, and I may, may touch on that a little bit more tonight. And then he spoke about having toxic thoughts and that we need to recognize what we are thinking, and we need to reject what the enemy brings to our thought life, and we need to resist. He actually said, we need to tell the devil to, can anybody remember? Footsack. That's what he said. He said, we need to tell, and, and it's really only if you are South African will you have any idea what that means, but it means just to go. I'm saying it mildly. Um, and then, and then he also went on to. Sorry, you've taken. What happened there? We need to take responsibility to shake off the chain. Spoke about toxic thoughts that we need to recognise with the way we think. We need to reject that, and we need to resist the enemy. And then he quoted this, and I thought this was really a powerful quote from Chris Hodges's book called "What's Next." He said, "The struggle is not a matter of heaven or a hell issue for believers." The struggle in our lives is not a matter of heaven and hell because the blood of Jesus has taken care of that. He took care of heaven and hell when he went to the cross. No, the issue for many of us and now is the battle for a quality of life while we are still on earth before we get to heaven. And again, just wanting to emphasize the reality of how God wants us to live in a place of liberty and freedom. Anything that confines, limits, and restricts you from being free, from being able to express yourself, from having a sense of well-being, I'm talking about spiritually, it's not that we always, everything's fine, but where there's something in us that is settled and content and stable, Things that come to disrupt that are things that happen in our lives. And pretty much a theme scripture for the series that we've been doing has been in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. And it says this, it says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And and in the context of that scripture, and maybe I just need to give you a little bit of history, because sometimes we just throw out a scripture and we don't really understand the context of what was who and what was and why it was being written. That scripture was written to the Galatian church, and what had happened is a bunch of religious Jewish Judaizers came to the Galatian church who had accepted Jesus, just like you and I. When they accepted Jesus, they understood that their salvation was by grace through faith and not by works. And they came in and they started to say to those people who had experienced freedom, so they'd experienced freedom from having to work for their salvation by good works and obeying all the Mosaic laws. And they started to say to them, you can't be saved, saved unless you obey the Mosaic laws and by works. And so that's what Paul is writing here when he writes about the Galatian church. But the key thing for us to remember is that he says, do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. In other words, they had received truth. 
But the enemy was able to bring in a lie to start to bring them into a place of bondage and captivity again to works. And sometimes that can happen to us. Jesus speaks a word. We start to walk in freedom. And then something and a lie comes along to try and divert us from that freedom that we are walking in. And that is why it is imperative for us to read and be in the word so that we know the truth. But the scripture that I really wanted to highlight tonight, and for us in closing this particular aspect of, of, of our series, is this it's in Isaiah chapter 60, reading from 1 to 3 in the Amplified Version, and it says this. Isaiah is writing to people who had been in captivity, who had also been affected by being in captivity to the Persian king at the time. And he writes this to a people who have come out of captivity. And I just want you to place yourself in that space for a minute. That when you got saved and when you've received Jesus, you come out of captivity. And yet even coming out of captivity, we can still find ourselves in a place of being in bondage or enslaved or limited by things that have gone on in our lives before. Or even what we're going to experience. I'm going to share that with you in a minute. But he writes this and he says, Arise from the depression and the prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. Shine, be radiant with the glory of, because the glory of the Lord has come. And so if you have stepped into a place of personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that is the word that comes to you. And whatever, wherever you're finding yourselves right now, perhaps, you'll find yourself in a place of depression. You find yourself limited. You find yourself confined. You find yourself in a place of captivity and bondage. The word of God comes because the word that was written then is as relevant to us today as was relevant to them. It's on. Awesome. What I did is I asked a number of people, uh, I just sent out a message, and I asked a couple of people what their definition of freedom is. Because, you know, we can talk freedom, and we can say, we can use the word freedom, and yet every person, because the, the whole subject of freedom can be seen and looked at from completely different aspects and perspective, depends on how, what you, how you're looking at it, right? I often use, if you're looking at it, the, uh, something through the room, and you've got a keyhole there, and a keyhole there, and a keyhole there, and a keyhole here. Whatever you're looking through, that's what you see. So when I say the word freedom, what, do, what does it do? What does it stir up in your thinking? And I asked a couple of people, and, yet, and, and this was just a few of the things that I got back. And I'm not necessarily going to read all of them. But I want to say this, that freedom is being unrestricted in every way. Freedom was for my parents that they found freedom being able to live in the United Kingdom and no longer under communism in Poland. Freedom is not doing exactly as you please, but being obedient to God because Jesus paid the ultimate price. Freedom, I wasn't going to read all of them, but they're so good. Freedom is the ability to be everything God has created me to be without the limitations of the world my mind or self-sabotaging behavior imposes. Freedom for me is when I can say, it's not me, 
Freedom for me is when I can say it is well with my soul. Freedom for me is living with an absence of fear, without anything limiting growth and potential, having the capacity to live as you are without worry, to possess the ability and resources to do anything, but to be able to choose the anything myself, not to be restricted in any manner, but to choose the manner in which I restrict myself. Freedom of, to worship and religion in our country. The position of being able to live truly, authentically, and fearlessly without looking back in fear of anything or anyone. Knowing who I am in Christ. Freedom means being the middle, in the middle of the storm, but still being at peace. Freedom for me is the ability to live in an authentic, an authentic life, coming, caring more about what God thinks of me than what others think of me. And those are just some comments of how people see freedom and how they would interpret it for their own lives personally. And so we can see that freedom can be looked at from many different dimensions. I said this morning that we can look at the subject of freedom from a corrective perspective of how we need to be free and yet we can look at the things we need to do in order to attain that freedom. We can be looking at, at, at freedom from a redemptive perspective. We can look at the subject of freedom from a physical perspective. We can look at freedom from an emotional perspective. We can look at it from a social perspective. We can look at it from a political perspective. But regardless of how we are looking at it and what we are looking at, we need to understand that freedom is what Christ wants us to walk in which is an expression of all the things that people have said it is right there. And you can see the cry of most people, and not even there, and when I read through it, is most people want to be free from worry and want to be, be able to live an authentic life, free to be me. And that's what Jesus wants for your life, and to bring you into that place tonight. You see, he wants us to live really big lives. He wants us to live lives that speak so loudly of his redemption, of what he has done for us, of the freedom and liberty that he brings into our lives. But he wants us to live them for him, in him, and through him so that we are able to transform the societies around us. No one in, true, no one in captivity can actually bring true freedom When you are bound in, in, in things in your own life, it's very difficult to bring freedom. And yet that's the legacy that Jesus wants us to leave for, uh, for, for the society and the generation in which you and I find ourselves. Freedom. Whoever you come into contact with, they, they come into contact with a person who has a confidence, they are free. And they want to know like, what is it about you? Because there's a, a, a freedom about your life, and that's what Jesus came to give you. And he always, always wants us to be reminded of and know what his intent for us is, that we live free. It's never changed. From the time of the Garden of Eden, his intent has never changed, but for us to be able to live free. And I want to say this, that as I share this with you tonight, now we can talk about freedom, but as I share this 
with you tonight, I want you to know that I know what it is to struggle. I know what it is to have struggled. I know what it is to struggle. And I'm pretty sure that until I step into eternity, I will experience struggle. I know what it is to struggle with the effects of shame, remorse, hurt, addiction, abuse, misunderstanding, insecurity, being misjudged by people's opinion. I know know what it is to have toxic thoughts. And so as I share this word about freedom with you, I know the struggle. I have struggled, and I'm sure that in the future there is going to be struggle. However, I need you to know this. I also know, and I'm talking about pre-salvation and also post-salvation. When we get saved, we must understand and always have an understanding is the enemy is going to do everything in, your, in his power to keep you bound. And, and no matter, we're not even measuring it on a scale of one to ten. And, and I'm only bound in a small area, and yet somebody who's sold into human trafficking is bound in a bigger area. I'm not even, we're not even equating and making the differences because... When we are not free, we are captive in any context. And we are confined and limited in any context. And yet God wants us to be free. Some people have been bound and and in captive to, to the context of history and in our country. So I know the struggle. I know what it is to struggle with the effects of shame, remorse, misunderstanding, abuse, addiction. I know it. But I also know what it takes to determine to walk, to fight, to stand, and also to apprehend that which for Jesus, what Jesus died for, for my life. I know what it is to make a determined effort to lay hold of that for which Jesus Christ laid hold of me. And sometimes it's a fight. Sometimes it's a stand. Sometimes it's a wrestle. But in order to come into a place of freedom in our lives, we need to make a determination to do that. My submission and apprehension of that which Jesus died for, his love, his mercy, his grace, his liberty, his freedom, his opinion, my apprehension and my fight to take a hold of that and taking hold of that triumphs over all. It doesn't matter what the struggles mean, but as I've laid hold of that for which he laid hold of me, which was freedom, it triumphs over all. And sometimes... It's just going to take one step at a time. Sometimes one moment by moment. But this I can say, I'm not where I was. 
I'm this much further down the line in my life than what I was. Because by determination of laying hold and apprehending what his word says, no matter how difficult, no matter what the struggle, the blood, sweat, tears, snot, and trana, by me submitting and apprehending his word, we come into freedom. And you know, there's always going to be stuff in our lives. But this I know is that he wants you to live a big life. And by way of biblical illustration tonight, and I'm sure some of you may have even heard or seen or heard somebody use this illustration, I want to give you a biblical picture of sometimes how our lives go and why we don't come into freedom. In the book of Exodus chapter 8, I'm just going to quickly give you a praise on that. The book of Exodus chapter 8 is the account of where the nation of Israel is kept in bondage and captivity. Do you know the story of Moses? Sorry, I'm just trying to look around. Do you know the story of Moses? Okay, so we know the story of Moses and Aaron and the nation of Israel. And, and so they, keep, they are in bondage. God speaks a word to Moses. He says, go and bring my people out of captivity and bring them into freedom. They'd been in bondage for 40 years. Nothing different. You know, the enemy doesn't do anything different. From then, you still see it happening today. The way he does it is just sometimes a little bit different. But it's not different. Slavery is slavery. Captivity is captivity. Whether physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, or otherwise. It's still a place of bondage and captivity. And so God speaks to Moses and Aaron and says, well, Aaron got pulled into the equation because Moses thought he couldn't do it. And so they say, go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. My people are in captivity. And tell him to let my people go. Then the Lord says to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, this is what I say, let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will send a plague of frogs on your whole community. Now, this had got, what had been going on is God had sent lice and there'd been flies and the water had been turned into blood because Pharaoh's heart was so hard and so stubborn that eventually God sent plagues to try and get him to move to let his people go. A great picture of to, to, to almost say what lengths God will go to to get you to get free. But that's aside. So what happens... He says, they will come up, he's speaking about the frogs now. They'll come up in your palace, in your bedroom. They'll come onto your bed, into your house, in the houses of your officials, into your ovens, into your kneading troughs. The frogs will come up on you and your people and all your officials. The Nile will teem, the river, that, the river Nile will teem with frogs. What's happened? They will come up, hey, well, now that's gone smaller. Gosh, my Lord, there. Let me go this way. Even with God. Now listen, now we're playing. I was going to say something. Anyway, not one. <laughs> I can just leave it there. Tell Aaron. No, 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 no. no. Go back. There we go. They'll come up in your palace, in your bedroom, onto your bed. And we've done this already. <laughs> Rewind. 
Okay, and then the, then the Lord says to Moses, tell Aaron to stretch out your hand with the staff over the streams, the canals, the ponds, and make frogs come up on the land of Egypt. And so Aaron stretches out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land, but the magicians did the same. And they were able to do the same thing by their secret arts, because if you go and study it historically, that one of the Egyptian deities that were worshipped was frogs. So the 10 plagues that came on the people, at some point they were able to also stop the plague from carrying on and do the same because it was just the level they were worshiping. So he could just do what he liked. And I won't go into the theology of that. But anyway, so here we see Pharaoh summons Moses and he says, pray to the Lord to take the frogs away from me and my people and I will let your people go and offer sacrifices. Okay, cool. We are now looking at freedom. We are now, we are now on the verge of freedom. People starting to come and walk in freedom. And so Aaron, Moses and Aaron go and say, listen, he calls them and he says, tell the Lord to take the frogs away. So Moses said, I leave to you. This is key, key, key for you and I in our lives. When we hear the word of God, when it comes to us, no matter what form it comes, whether it's a preached word or whatever it is, he says, I leave to you the honor. Where am I? Halfway. <laughs> it's been a long day. I leave to you the honor of setting the time for me to pray for you and your officials and your people that you and your houses may be rid of all the frogs except for those that remain in the Nile. So I leave to you the honor of telling me when you want me to get rid of the frogs in your environment and in your life. And Pharaoh makes this astounding, incredible, most mind-blowing statement. He says, tomorrow... I leave to you the honor of telling me when you want to be free. And we say tomorrow. And sometimes we might not say tomorrow, but we act tomorrow. We honestly may not say the word, God, I want to be free tomorrow, but we act tomorrow. And yet God says today, You're struggling with your anger, you're struggling with your depression, and that's why I read that scripture, arise from that now for your light has come. You're struggling with the, the various things, and everybody's got their own struggle in their own lives, whatever it may be, and to whatever degree it is. However, we often say tomorrow, and there's a problem with that is because there are two problems. You might be able to find more. But the two problems I have with that is that number one, tomorrow may never come. And we live in a place of limitation and confinement and captivity and we allow things to, to exhibit themselves in and through our lives and then we kind of say tomorrow, but tomorrow may never come. And I want to also just say this, it's not the person only on the receiving end of being confined and captive and limited and, and restricted, 
We may even be the perpetrator of putting that on some people because of the way we conduct ourselves. Be it through anger or rage or jealousy or whatever it might be. Any of those things are fruit of the flesh which God basically views as we are in captivity. But tomorrow may never come. No, I've just lost my dad recently. So I have a, a heightened sense of awareness of eternity and death. And as I was preparing this word, I was so grateful that I could have conversations with him right up until the end, probably the night before he died. We could talk about things. And in his case, I could see tomorrow would not come. But in some of our lives, we don't know whether it's for us personally or the people we interact with of whether tomorrow will come. And so in limitation and confinement and captivity and, 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 and whatever we experience in our lives, bondages, when we say tomorrow, it may never come. And the other thing about tomorrow is when we wake up tomorrow, it's today. So when we leave things or, or we procrastinate in walking into the freedom that God has and wants for our lives, or we even don't see the possibility of, God, I can be completely free. I can walk as somebody who is free from worry, free from confinement. I can be who you created me to be. I, don't, I do not have to live limited by my toxic thinking that says I'm not good enough, that I'm a failure, that I'll amount to nothing. Yes, this is the way it's always been. I don't have to live like that. And so don't live like that thinking tomorrow something will be different. Tomorrow is often our today. So many of us exist today, but we live in yesterday. We never move forward and lay hold of what God has for us because we're existing today and, and, and we continually experiencing and bringing out of yesterday into today and we never walk into our tomorrows. And the thing that you need to understand and let's settle in your heart is God never ever wanted, wants you to be a spectator sitting on the, what, spectating from the outside of the ring, standing on the sidelines, watching from the sidelines other people's freedom and liberty. He wants you to be a participant of liberty and freedom. Not a spectator, but somebody who participates and experiences that place of peace, that place of wow, and then live a big life because you're free. And I'm not saying we're not going to have things that, that happen to us and things we struggle with. I'm talking about bondages and limitations and captivities. And what we do, did we, I didn't even put up the image of the frogs. Can I have that image? And we're just going a bit of a rewind, right? Exodus chapter 8, Pharaoh has got these things all over. Okay, 
Can you for a moment imagine a country? Can you just imagine, we should just take it up a highway. Because most people, I think, live from, well, let's go from, let's say Durban to Hillcrest. Waterfall. Okay, let me not exclude anybody, because then you're going to have a rejection issue, and then we're going to have to organize counseling, so let's not do that. Let's just say the whole of Durban. No, 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 let's look at KZN. KZN stretching it, even though it was Egypt, the whole of Egypt. These things were all over. In their beds, in the ovens, in their everywhere. Here, then, everywhere, in their clothes. In their shoes. Imagine you've got to put on your shoe. And you just out the side. Imagine that. Everywhere. Frogs everywhere. Everywhere. Say everywhere. Everywhere. There wasn't a place you could think of that the frogs were not. And that's what they look like. Well, I, I assume, don't I? I know they wouldn't have been happy frogs. Except, you know what? When you go onto the internet and you look at the frogs, don't tell me I've got 47 seconds left. Is that true? Huh? No, listen, but the power went off. <laughs> Gosh, Adele. Yeah. Okay, let me tell you something about frogs. Go onto the internet, go and look up frogs, and you will see the most incredible thing. You'll see frogs of all sorts of colors, bright blue ones with red spots and yellow ones with green spots, and some of them actually look quite cool. But you know what the thing is about those frogs? They say that the most colorful-looking frogs are the most dangerous. Now, let me allude to your captivity and your bondage and the things you're struggling with. Sometimes we, they look so cute. And we think, oh, well, I can, I can live with this. But it's highly dangerous. And in many times, it can kill you. This is not right. Reset. But in John 8.32, the Word of God tells us Jesus came to set us free. He said, we'll know truth, and truth will set us free. Tonight you're getting truth that you can be free, that he wants you to walk in freedom, that we mustn't say, I'll do it tomorrow, but we allow God to work in our lives and bring us into a place of freedom today, tonight. We cannot permit the narratives and actions of others to define us anymore. The narratives and actions of anybody else, even if it was the government, if it's your workplace, if it's your spouse, we cannot let what spouses say and have said confine, limitive, limit, and keep us in captivity anymore. And we live in our next day and in our tomorrows and in our todays with the words that we've spoken over each other. And yet we cannot... Because that is not the purpose and the plan of God. We cannot let what teachers have said and say define us. We cannot let what the government says and say define us. We cannot let economy, what economy says and say, define us from walking in financial freedom. We cannot let our parents, what they said and say, define us from keep us into a place of, well, my parents know today, put, take the frog Or you're going to walk into your future with the frog. We cannot let what history said and say 
in our country, I was just listening to somebody today, we cannot let what has happened in our country, bondage, slavery, every bad thing you can imagine define us in the way we respond and react no matter what happened, no matter what they didn't say. Yes, it's a fact that it happened, but truth triumphs over fact. God's truth triumphs over fact. We cannot let the world define us by what it says and says, says and has said. And we cannot let ourselves be defined about what we say and have said over our own lives. I need to say this, though, that freedom cannot be an outcome. We cannot walk into freedom if we live in a place of unforgiveness, bitterness, justification. That's a big one. Hurt, abuse, jealousy, hatred, disappointment, failure, victim mentality. We cannot. And we need to start to believe and speak life. I want to say this to you tonight. Listen to what you say. I get into the company of some people, and they talk, and I've been around them for a while, and while they're talking, I think, can you even hear yourself? The death, the, 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 the captivity, the confinement, the limitation, the constant referring back to yesterday, and they're not walking in freedom today and even into their future because of this. They walk into their future backwards. I want to By way of illustration, we walk into our future backwards. This is everything that's gone on. This is the, this is the confinement, the limitations, the restrictions, the bondages, the slavery, the captivity, whether it's the way you think about yourself, whether it's the way other people think about you, whatever your perceptions are, we walk into our future like this. Backwards. And we cannot come into freedom and liberty as long as we are walking into our tomorrow, which becomes our today, backwards. We have to make a choice. this is the good news. The trajectory of your life can change tonight when you make a choice. This is how we are to walk. But you've got to make the choice. I cannot. It is, it is sometimes the most frustrating thing that I cannot choose on another person's behalf when I know what freedom looks like. When I know what liberty looks like. Even if there's a struggle. Listen, it's not easy. I know that it's not easy to get free. I didn't share that, that information about my life for the sake of trying to sound like, oh, wow. It's to tell you that I know the struggle. 
but I had to choose. I'm going to choose to believe what God's word says, truth over fact. Yes, I may have been mistreated, and I may have had people's opinion, and I have had those things happen to me, but I choose to believe God's word over my life. And so you have the ability to choose. So stop walking into your future backwards. Four quick things. <laughs> Jesus, I'm going to get fired. <laughs> Number one, recognize. Recognize and start to look at where you're in bondage, big or small. Anger. Anger is a biggie. I tell you what, there are so many angry people around. And we justify our anger. Secondly, repent. Change the way you think. Choose to live differently. Three, receive by faith what the word of God says over you. And four, reverse it by just doing it. That is a statement that comes from Nike. Just do it. But there's another one that also comes from Nike, and it says impossible is nothing. Tonight, impossible is nothing. God wants to set you free. Amen? Let's just stand. Father, we thank you for this amazing time we've been able to have in your house today. And I just know that the enemies try to restrict and limit and confine and disrupt whatever your word is wanting to bring about and set people free. And so I thank you tonight that your word says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And I pray that you give every single person the grace, the ability to be able to take a hold of your word and start to walk in freedom. God, impart your grace. Impart your power. Grace, power into each and every single person's life to say, Jesus, set me free. And I know that he will do it. And yes, some of it will take a bit of a slog, but it's moment by moment as you apprehend and lay hold of his word that you come into freedom. The greatest freedom of all is when you make this choice to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He died for you so that you may have eternal life through relationship with Him. That's the greatest decision and place of freedom you can firstly step into. Because the moment you make that decision, you are free for eternity. Not momentarily. And so I just want to give you an opportunity, and we're going to pray this prayer together. If you've come in here tonight and you know you've never stepped into that place, tonight is the opportunity to start that journey of freedom empowered by God because of a relationship with Jesus. He's the only one. He's the only one. No psychiatrist. He's the only one. That's your starting point. You can go to other people for help, but it starts with him. So let's pray this together. Jesus, tonight, I acknowledge that you are Lord. I acknowledge that you died, that you rose again on the third day, that you died on the cross and shed your blood for my sin, so that I may be free. And I thank you, God, 
that tonight that as, as I acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and receive Him as such, I will be saved. I thank you that you cleanse me from all my sin and that I can walk in liberty and freedom from today, not tomorrow, today, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you, everybody. I skidded in with three minutes before the end of the service. Now, I was 10 minutes over time. But thank you so much. God bless you. Trust you have a phenomenal week. Remember, God wants you to live a big life.